Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review stick up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Uh, joining me today is someone who has read half this book. Say hello, Juliana. Hi, everyone. And today's book is A Deepness in the Sky by Verna Vinge. Yes. Uh, the follow-up to A Fire Upon the Deep. Now, we've got a, a, a way to go on this because there's kind of a lot of setup to this, uh, this review. Because the <laughs> okay. reason why we're reading this book is it's sort of like some different facets to why I decided or why I decided we should read this. Yep. And one of them is that I really enjoyed a book called Children of the Sky by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Isn't it called Children of Time? Uh, yes, you're right. He read, a, he read a book called Children of Time and then Children of Ruin. And I said, oh, Children of Ruin is really, really good. That's like a, like a 4.5 star book for me. Okay. And I was like, but the previous book was doing a lot of heavy lifting in that way. Because, you know, a book which is kind of relies on the setup of a previous book, I'm sort of like, a lot of my enjoyment comes from already knowing the characters. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of thing. With Star Wars, Empire on its own isn't a good movie. But you because you already come into it immediately knowing who all the characters are, caring about them, all, the, all that setup in the, in the previous movie. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to do that work. It doesn't have to do that heavy lifting. Sure. And, um, but I also thought that um, Children of Time was relying, or a lot of my enjoyment of uh, Children of Time was, it was relying on sort of a book like Deepness in the Sky, you know, and I thought, ah, if Juliana is to read Children of Time and enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it, what she should do is have my own foundation in... Um, in, in the same way. In, in the In the same pop culture references or not even pop culture in this case science fiction um reading you know sort of like ah oh, the reason i really like the book terminal world by um alistair reynolds is because i've read red mars and green mars and blue mars and all of yeah. these <laughs> other mars books and i know about current mars you know you're kind of yeah, like yeah. a lot of your enjoyment on these books which are kind of they're riffing on an idea like an existing they're riffing on the tropes that already exist in science fiction. Yeah, and you know they I mean? came some, somewhere in the spaces, is, yeah. in, in this case, all these other books. And that re works really well if you have all those references. There's actually another book by Alistair Reynolds, because I, th I think it's called Century Rain or something, and it's mostly sort of like noir stuff, and there's lots of Casablanca references. Now, Casablanca is a movie I've seen, but I just don't care about it. Like, I haven't seen it. You've never seen it? No. Uh -huh. Well, maybe that can go on the list, you know. And so if you've never seen Casablanca and just don't care about that, uh, or, or you have seen it and like I do, it's a good movie, but it's not like central to what I imagine science fiction should be like. Is that a science fiction movie? No, it's not. Oh, it's okay. like, <laughs> that's the whole point. But it is sort of like, of all the bars in the world, you had to walk into my bar, you know, like mm. this could be this. There's lots of quotes that you'll know, actually, now I say that maybe they're not from that movie. But, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, you're the private detective, private eye, yeah. and the woman comes in, and yeah, there's yeah, obviously yeah. a love triangle, and all that kind of Stuff. And you you, uh, you get stuff in in another that's based in another novel or like yeah, you another get, thing. You get like if you know the, to it. Yes. But also, I think the riffs that some of these modern books... I was t saying this before about um, uh, The Light Brigade. I was like, if you've read... If you've read um, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, you're going to get like 10% more out of this book than if right. you've not read it. Yeah. So there's, my, there's me trying to set you up to an enjoy a book, which I thought was really good. And then I was like, oh, what you should do is first we should read Deepness in the Sky again. You already had it as an audio book. We could get it as an e-book, whatever. Yeah. Like, so we could set it, we could make it so it's, we already had it ready to go. 
you know, you've read you've read Fire Upon the Deep. I did. That, yeah. And I enjoyed that. It's a good book. It's, it's, it's a, a fun adventure it's book. It's a fun adventure it's book. It's a little bit dated in some places, but actually the datedness is kind of a bit quirky. You know, you yeah. get these long text text uh, message exchanges which look very, very much like the internet in 1992 with yeah. news groups and stuff, yeah, which yeah. is when it was written. Yes. Um, and But uh, it's it's like, it doesn't matter. It's one of those books that has enough story and enough fun to it. Yes, there's enough story and fun yeah. to it. We, I, I'm thinking of different ways into this review of why, when I was reading this book, uh, uh, Deepness in the Sky, why I got about halfway in, or maybe a third of the way in, I don't even know what it was, and I was just like, you know what, I'm probably not going to finish this book because I'm not enjoying it But as you've much. read it before. I had read it before, um, and when I read it the first time, I thought, this is a better book than Fire Upon the Deep. And in many ways, I do think it's a better book than Fire Upon the Deep. Okay. But because this is a follow-up and he's kind of learned some lessons and learned different things. And I think the writing in this book is really good. There's a lot of really good science fictional stuff in here. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. So I can't compare it to... I'm trying to think of like some movies that we've watched recently where we go back and we, and we watch a movie. Watch it again. Like, the, what was the movie that we watched last night? X-Men. And there's, like, shots which are just out of focus. And you're like, yeah, because they were shooting this. They, they weren't shooting it with digital cameras. They're just in shooting 2000, it. You, yeah, in 2000. Uh... It's like real cameras. And you're like, oh, when they're looking back through the footage, they're watching on these tiny monitors. And it's not even the developed film. Yeah. It's, like, from a cam, like, a different optical output from it. I don't even know how it works. But they could watch back through the daily shots and go, did we get everything we need? Yes, we did. Right. All the actors go home. Well, you know, we can take down that set, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then you go back and go, too late. oh, this one shot is like really <laughs> out of focus. And you're like, well, we're moving on with it now. We're you just know. taking it. And in 2000, I'm sure you just we didn't, didn't even it. see it. We but didn't now we're watching it, about it. And you'd see it once in the cinema and it'll yeah. be gone. And then you'd yeah. only watch it on VHS. And then you're yeah. like, oh, it doesn't matter that it's out of focus because, you know, the resolution isn't exactly. as good. Exactly. And, and now we're watching part it streaming of the on Netflix. Anyway. We're watching it streaming yeah. on Netflix in HD. And you're like, ooh, there's, what was, there was this movie that we saw and like half the shots were just out of focus. And I can't even remember what it was. You're just like, wow. I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, well, we watched Gladiator. No, Gladiator was pretty, pretty. There was like one or two little bits yeah. in there. But here's the thing: Gladiator holds up, I think, as a good movie now. But there was a movie where really we, bloody though. Yeah, but there's a movie we watched which was called Game Night. And, oh yeah, and a, a very modern movie, lots of good stuff. But they had a line in it saying, "Oh, it, this is really Jump the Shark." Now it just so happened that like two days before. I'd mentioned jump the shark and what, what does jump the shark mean? And then we yeah. went back and we watched the clip, which is from Happy Days of the Fonzie. Oh, yeah, because it was the Fonzie. The, you know, Fonzie. someone mentioned the Fonzie doing something, hitting the jukebox or whatever. Yeah. Like hit, uh, hammering on the jukebox. Yeah. And I was like, well, who's Fonzie? And I was like, all right, let me go back. Hey, look at that. That's um, uh, Thingy Howard. What's his name? Ron Howard. Like yeah. who directed Apollo thirteen and so when he was a little kid. <laughs> anyway, and then so we look, and I was like, oh, jumping the shark. Let's 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 see the the, the where moment that actually comes from. Where it actually comes from, which is weird because then it was in a movie, referenced in a movie, and I yeah. turned to him and was like, hey, jump the shark. Do you get that? Yeah. Don't go back and watch the ship. Watch the clip where Fonzie jumps the shark. It's tedious. It's terrible. Oh and God. then you're like, oh, this is why people said this was the moment that the TV show got so bad that they didn't want to keep watching it anymore. Or that this the 
there's a reason why this is so bad. Yeah. Jumping the shark was a terrible moment of television. Oh, yeah. And I'd, and I guess I'd only ever seen like the clip, which is sort of like, he jumps yeah, the shark, and you go, ooh, like that. But, but the scene itself. The, the was, scene that it leads up to ages. it. You're just like, oh, man, this is some of the worst television. Wow, yeah. this TV show's really jumped the shark. And you're like, oh, this is, this is jumping the shark. Okay. But Fire Upon the Deep isn't that bad. It's not like go back and watch something which is like known to be bad. No. It's more like some of these movies that we're going back and we're watching and going, it's not that the movie making, when we watch, um, what we, when we watch Rambo, there's lots of weird stuff in Rambo. There's uh, like the sound effects are really bad. Yeah. But the cinematography is amazing. Yeah. And, the, and some of the acting is like really bad, like really overacting. Yeah. But a lot of the acting is like really good. And some of the action is a bit weird, but then there's lots of really good stuff still in Rocky. I still think, Ro no, not Rocky, Rambo. Rambo. Rambo is still a movie which I think is like interesting and worth watching, and it culturally it's a it's relevant. Yeah, if you know what I mean. So you need that you need that knowledge. Yeah. To uh, put other things in context. Yeah, like you couldn't then watch Hot Shots Part Deux or whatever it is without already seeing Rocky. No, sorry, Rambo and Apocalypse Now and these other these other kind of things which then like these, Lead these on, they, on to, like, yeah your enjoyment of yeah. something not that it's a parody but like there's some references that go in there but then there's these other movies that we've watched like what was it True Lies with Arnie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's playing somebody who is a who is a spy like who is an agent yeah. but is pretending um, not to be with uh, what's her name um, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. isn't it something like that and that movie is just weird because it's like, it's sort of like, hey, these terrorists, like these Al-Qaeda terrorist types, isn't that funny? Ho, ho, ho. And you're like, wow, this is really pre-2001. And then yeah. there's like nuclear ex nuclear bombs and stuff. And you're like, oh, nuclear stuff. This is this is like super like late 80s and even into the 90s. And you're like, oh, nuclear war isn't the same kind of thing. But we're still like, we can't have the Russians are the bad guys, but we still like the nuclear threat is still one of the biggest things. Yeah. But then tonally, there's this weird thing. Is it, I think it's Val Kilmer, isn't it? I can't remember. There's like an another actor who comes in and he's like a weird guy and then he goes on a date and seduces his wife and there's this sexy kind of thing and you're like mm, this is like everything's just a bit weird because yeah. in the 1990s it was like all right we're getting over the we're getting over the cold war but 9-11 yeah. hasn't happened yet so we don't have like we don't know what the next thing is yeah so there's lots of these things where the main threat is going to be nuclear weapons but it's not the Russians, but it's still there. And then the sensibilities haven't worked out that we're still got, it's not quite, you know, it's not quite the level of lethal weapon where like a lot of the comedy comes from like, don't rape my teenage daughter. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Whoa. Like, yeah. don't go back and watch those movies yeah. because the sensibility, like the 90s sensibility where you still have like, hey, macho, yay, macho-ness, which yeah. is kind of missing the point of Rambo because he was macho, he was like, you know, a killing machine. Well, yeah, but, but like, he was also really deeply troubled, damaged, person. and trauma, traumatized, like PT, PTSD in his best. Yeah, and then and then uh, so that was, that's the like the tone of that still works. And then um, and then the uh, like Die Hard worked because he wasn't macho. He was like this you know schlubby guy who had been in romantic comedies. Yeah. You know, and now he's playing John McClane, and like there's there's a lot of going yeah. on there, so it doesn't feel like just macho ness. Yeah. But then there's other movies which just embrace the macho-ness, generally like starring Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme, and he's just like, oh no, I'm just macho, and I'm really good at fighting. And you're like, all right, we can do the macho, but also the fight, you know, the other the other parts of it, like there's no weird tonalities going on But I think on mostly these, these movies, like some of them, if you want to watch some 
movies that came after, you uh-huh. kind of need to... No, here's my thing. I don't think you do. Well, s- some you do. Some you do. But I think the ones that you really need to see are the ones which aren't tonally weird and do have consistent stories yeah. and aren't confused politically and aren't confused like socially and sexism-wise and, and, and racism-wise. Like, I, I tried really hard to watch any of the, uh, the Godfather movies. Yeah. Is that how they're called? Yeah, Godfather. You got Uh, halfway through that. I got halfway through the first one. I finished it off out of spite. And I know there are many, many, many references to these movies. Yeah. And I just couldn't stand it. I I enjoy other people's appreciation of The Godfather way more than I appreciate watching The Godfather. Because it's a... I think it's an amazing good movie, like an amazingly good movie about something which I find reprehensible. Yeah. And... And it's really difficult for me to appreciate, like to, to put aside yeah, to the people, it. the people, and as people are like glorifying it and it's amazing and all mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then, and then you're just like, yeah, but like, what is what is this glorious movie about? Mm. And in the and in the end, I don't like it. Like, yeah. there isn't a moment in that movie, and I've talked about this on the podcast. Anyway, I want to bring this all the way back to Deepness in the Sky. Because yeah. I thought a Deepness in the Sky was going to be, like, something that really held up. I thought this was going to be uh, Rambo, and it turned out to be um, uh, True Lies. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Because so, you it's... came halfway, and then... What? Did you actually come halfway in the first, like, when you, when you first thought, oh, you might, might not... I realised what I was getting into... And I realise that my sensibilities of modern science fiction aren't based on this anymore. No. Like, the, the, whole, the reason... Like, this stuff... Like, again, a lot of my modern science fiction reading requires these other, like, formative novels to exist. But they don't require it to enjoy modern science fiction. Yeah. Like, to enjoy... Um, and it's weird to say, I, I saw this interesting... Um, this interesting thread on Twitter, or maybe somebody linked to something, saying there's been a great erasure... Uh, like these women science fiction authors from the 60s and 70s and 80s who were doing some amazing science fiction work, amazing fantasy novels. They've been erased from like the pantheon of great science fiction. And I totally noticed that. What? Why? Because of sexism. They're women. So Uh, that's the point. Like you ask why sexism because sexism, like that's it. You know, Mm. the men keep recommending other men and then the the women don't get the voice that the men do and there's fewer of them so yeah. so that's the thing when i was looking back through the hugula thing that i was doing reading all the novels that had won both hugo and nebulas there's things like von der mackintyre's dream snake i read it and i was like oh this is a great great novel why is nobody talking about this novel anymore and you know also uh, uh, Joan D. Vinge as well with the with the Snow Queen or whatever her novel is. You just you just read it and go, oh, this stands up to anything that's good. And also, it's got that because it's written by a woman. It's, it's like slightly less sexist. Of course, it's still written in the nineteen sixties and seventies and eighties. Yeah, 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 so there's still going to be that sexism but there, even it though it's written by a woman. It's, but it it's has a different, different tone. Yeah, a different tone yeah. of sexism. Yeah. Um, um, so and so that's what I'm feeling about. So this when book. is this book actually from? It's from two thousand. That's the whole really? point. Yeah. It was, it was, oh, sorry, published in 1999, and I read it soon after it came out, because Fire Upon the Deep was like this big novel from the 1990s that I'd read in the 1990s. Yeah. This book comes out, and I think that's probably why, when I read it, I thought it was a better book, because it was situated in its time. And you also, because I think... And I was like 20 years read, old, yeah. And you did read uh, Fire Upon the Deep. You yeah. already, now, it's not, it doesn't quite work, because you don't, you don't get introduced to the... 
to the story or the people that much. Like you, you said with Empire, like there is no. Yeah, there's Fem Nguyen, but that's it. There's yeah, one character. He's very far f away from. He's not the same Fem Nguyen in the previous. Part. Yeah. Oh, it, it in, took me. But this is a prequel, so that's it, a bit. It took tricky. me. Like I mean, also, what age was he in that other book? Like. Uh, well, he was he was a recreated uh, being by a super-powered computer mind, yeah, so transcendent like, computer mind. That they said, here's a person to work with, and he's in that the, the whole point in that book in in Fire Upon the Deep was that he was like, oh, am I a real per? Like, do I was I ever a real person, or am I just a legend? Like, I, yeah. I have these memories of what I didn't like, but it's so fantastical they can't all be real. Yeah. Um, so. so that means that Fire Upon the Deep is. After. takes place after a deepness in the and sky. also in a different zone of thought and in so a different so this is why it is so difficult for me to combine these two you don't have to combine them they're just set in the or same like, universe with one one and crossover even that character. is totally but i think that's why different. i enjoyed it because what they had what the and i was saying this before when i reviewed children of time and then i reviewed children of ruin yeah and i was like oh it sets up the idea that there's going to be like a weird alien well, not an alien species, but an, uh, like a, a, an Earth species that's uplifted into mm. intelligence. And yeah. how would it go by? So the whole, all of that's also, you know, based on David Brin and his Uplift kind of series yes. too. Yeah. Where they're like, ah, oh, just say the word Uplift. And we're like, oh, spiders are now intelligent because yeah. they've been uplifted by humans. Yeah. Great. And you're like, and then the second one is like, and octopuses. And yeah. there's, a, there's this octopus. Um and uh, called Paul, and he, and then uh, you're gonna follow his his line, and the, then the decades fine. later. The thing is, I'm now like, when did oh, I? Oh no, I didn't finish my point. Oh, sorry. My point is that this is about different uplifted species, whereas Fire Upon the Deep and Deepness in the Sky are both about um, humans having first contact with an alien species, which w whose minds work different to them, like. In in the, uh, the in the in the fire upon the deep, there's the tines. Is it the tines? The dog likes the, yeah, dog, the like dog, things? dog like things. They're called the tines. Dog seals. Yeah, dog seals. Um, who live in packs and, the, and their personalities are based on this kind of stuff. Yeah, and also their and, minds. Are... But that is. But the thing is, that is so alien and so brilliantly written alien yeah. science fiction fantasy that when this came along, you're going into it and going, "All right, you're following that up." What brilliant setup, what brilliant alien setup are you going to do? And what he does, I think, is genius by presenting us an even more alien species, which are these spiders, but presenting them through the lens of a, you know, once upon a time in this, you know, in this land and goes through these different um, styles of storytelling with these spiders reflected in our human storytelling tradition. So it starts off and it's sort of like, this person's driving around in this car and it's like a World War II drama, if you know yeah. what I mean. They're like, hey, sergeant, come here. Oh, we've got yeah. this thing. We're going to do a daring plan. And they go on a daring yeah. mission. And it's like straight out of Dambusters or, you know, Force 10 from Navarone. Yeah. It's like, we're going on a mission and there's explosions and we're yeah. defeating the enemy. And then it's more of like, oh, now it's like some Cold War spy thriller and they're spying over here and going over there. Yeah. And and as it goes through it, it tells these different sections of the story, like these different spider sections of the story in these different kinds of novel, like these different writings. And uh, as you read through the novel, you realize what you are actually reading is these stories reflected through the point of view of one character, or yeah. actually two characters, but one character who is really into romantic, like the old style romantic fiction. Yes. Which is from the, from the dawn time, from 10,000 years ago. In other words, our fiction that we read now. I was always wondering, yeah. Why is it happening in Princeton? Why yeah, is that, what exactly. The, why, why, why is he driving a Maserati? Like, yeah. why is why is he going? Why are they driving at fifty miles an hour? Why yeah. is everything happening in like in three months' time? You're like, yes. why, why, they don't use months exactly. Yeah. So it 
like and the names that they all have they might as well be called Bilbo Baggins his name is Underhill you're like all yeah. oh, right so because the name Underhill is in there you already think of ah so he's the one character who's going to go on adventure this old per- this old guy who's like trying to control stuff is yeah. like a dwarf slash um uh, gandalf character yeah. wizardy character yeah. this other person over here is the plucky young upstart you know you get you straight away dial in to these amazing like tr- not so much tropes but these um archetypal characters yeah. of fairy tale fantasy yeah, these, but not just thing. that but also from war movies you yeah. know when they're like here's the plucky sergeant here's the explosive expert here's you yeah. know every single time when they're like yeah. we're gonna get the team together yeah. and what team do you get you get the big guy you get the guy who's good with guns you get the guy who's good with traps you've got the guy who looks guy. on the map the intelligence guy yeah. the guy with the glasses who works with explosives yeah. um or the guy with the a briefcase full of explosives you always get those in those uh, you know world war ii caper movies yeah um you get each one of these things things and then each time you go on you're like oh now they're telling like the 1960s you know um liberation of uh whatever social movement kind of thing and then you get you get all these oh and now we're going to have the quirky we're going to invent stuff but there's stuff that we've already invented in our modern world you know it like there and now we're going to invent radios and now we're going to invent you know these other kind of things that they invent throughout the story yes and of course, then you get like the Cold War kind of stuff, which even from 1999, the Cold War stuff, like the, the nuclear stuff that happens at the end of the book, you know, it's it's right out of all 1980s, 70s, 80s Cold War I don't drama, know the end of the book, so fiction. I don't know. Okay. I'm like literally exactly halfway But what through. I want to say is that all of this, which I think is genius writing and genius storytelling, when you read it, when I was reading it for the first time, like as it kind of came clear to me what was going on in the book like of course you don't read a book where one of the main characters is called underhill and not start picking up on, for me you, it, i start picking up on that stuff straight away and as you go through the book it becomes probably a point that you've not got to yet it actually some, one of the characters sits down and starts reading something that somebody has written and he reads out the first two or three paragraphs of the book that we're reading like he reads out the first few paragraphs of a deepness of the sky and says hey watch this why is this stuff you know why are you saying like why are you using the and they're like oh actually this is the way that we can absorb mm. the experiences and the lifestyle and the and the what so a, what an alien kind of to like, like they abstract it in yeah, a way but, that they can make it make sense to them but the character in the book is saying we to understand other people to other, understand other alien species to other, understand other races to understand other people what they do we have to convert it we have to like have this universal grammar kind of thing that we gets transferred into words that we understand experiences that we understand yeah. literature that we've read movies that we've said the context that yeah. we know yeah. princeton Underhill, all these other things, Even which from our experience, it might not be the same. The, the same thing, and it might no, not it's, have it's, the same. It's completely but it's different. But then, is then it has a, a, the same status in mm. their society, and then they translate it into yes. something that's the same status in ours. Yeah, when you say this is an old man, you're like, well, what does an old man mean yeah. when you're a spider? And like they're like, oh, he needs help walking. And you're like. But what does that mean for a spider? It's only like, oh yeah, he used to have eight working legs and now he's got four working legs and yeah. has to drag the other legs along. But we don't have that experience in our human experience. Yeah. So it just feels like, oh, he's in a wheelchair. Like, yeah. you know, so you say, oh, he's in his wheelchair and he rolls in and this way. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and then you go, well, how does a spider in a wheelchair? And all these like social things were like having babies out of season, yeah. you know. Um, having uh, uh, and them growing up like that, there's a, there seems to be a lot of like I say that 1960s 
um, you know, like uh, uh, equal rights movement kind yeah. of thing going on yeah, there. Yeah. Like this is this is the moment where we're talking about you know even you know even to this day gay rights stuff or or. Uh, what is it like mixed race children yeah. and things yeah, like, it feels very like that. much like that yeah it's a definitely a statement uh, yes. about human society way more than it is about any alien society but if you were actually saying like if you came at it and like they even say oh we know what these are like but when we're imagining these people we imagine them as like fun furry spiders they're like nice you know that kind of stuff and we like picture them as sort of like oh yes it's like they're like humans but Googly with eight eyes legs kind of. <laughs> but then you actually see them and they're like oh they're horrific like they're they're moors they've got these like screaming moors with teeth and nasty they, they move really weird but we don't get any of that when we're reading the, this book because it's reflected through but just the fact that an, a, someone in the book sits down to read what someone has written and it's the opening chapters of the book that we're written. So we got right. this weird circular thing. But that could, you, as you're reading it, you're like, well, how does it work that way? And you're like, ah, actually, this book has been chopped up. And this is like a fictionalized version reflected through the mind of this one person that we yeah. have here. Yeah. And we know what their influences is because they, their boyfriend is really into this early. And you know, let's say as you keep going into this book, there's like you do these spirals around what is actually going on in the book. Yeah. And I find that intellectual literary exercise really really good and i'm totally with you yeah let me just put it in here yeah i'm halfway through this book mm -hmm. and i the the story that i enjoy most is all about the spiders and all the rest of it could just be left out just leave it leave it like <laughs> well, I this is what i want to get I wanna, to <laughs> i want to chop it up so it's just a spider story because it's tedious but here's the and thing. i don't it's it's it doesn't move on it's all it's it's killing me I, i'm halfway through i started uh, the end of august actually on your birthday weirdly enough um august 26th yeah if anyone uh, wants to send me a happy birthday message next uh, year <laughs> or maybe you're listening to this episode in 2020 in august maybe if you listen here we go if you're listening to this uh, podcast this episode is playing now on your podcast player on august the 24th to the 26th in 2000 well anytime uh, send me an email yeah, I used that would to, be fun. I actually said at the end of episode 66, if you're listening to episode 66, send me an email. It doesn't matter how far into the future. And I still get emails <laughs> now and then, people oh, listening, who are listening to that. But that's a long time ago now. Like, yeah. a, lot, a lot of people will go back and listen to episode 66, 66 randomly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I started this at the end of August, and now it's mid-November. Mid mid yeah, and it's I'm like halfway three months later. through this book, and it's... it's I... I do enjoy the, the okay. spider stuff, but leave just, out just, all the rest. Let me just, before we get on to what we didn't like about this book and why I thought I wouldn't finish it and then did finish it, and you think it's taking you a long time to finish it. We'll get onto that in a reason why. Yeah. But let me first go into what, why this book isn't for us now. It's because we realise what we actually like about this book is we want the story of the alien spiders yeah. pulling themselves into into becoming a spacefaring... Well, the whole point... Uh, we haven't even talked about the setup of this book, but there's humans um, in space, and there's a disaster at the start, and they're waiting for the spiders to get them to raise their technological level of their civilization up to a high enough level yeah. so, so they can so help they can out. Help. They, need, they need help. So it's going to take 30 years or whatever it is. Oh, longer. Oh, whatever it is. But I can't a remember. long time. But it's a long time. It's going to take many, many years of hanging out in space, waiting for the spiders to get to the point where they are space-faring enough. Now, yeah. Weirdly enough, this is the same kind of situation as, it, as in a book by uh, John Brunner called Crucible of Time where 
there is something going to be happening in space that the sun is going to pass through a dark cloud and it's going to wipe out life. And they're like, well, we've got to become a spacefaring nation or a spacefaring civilization. Right. And so the whole book of that is a long, long time span, many, many generations, like thousands of years, as they try and develop their society to a point where they can fly into space. Right. And the book ends with them flying into space. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's not a giveaway. That's literally what the book is about, if you know yeah. what I mean. But it's on the many... So it's not actually about them being in space, but no, no, it's, what, it's about what them. they have to it's go like, through to yeah. do all this. It's, some, it's, some, it's like, literally, it's Galileo saying, oh, shit, something's heading towards us. It's, it's sort of like that kind of, oh, there's like, we've spotted it already. This is my formulation. But Galileo looks through his telescope and says, oh, Jupiter's going to crash into the Earth in uh, 800 years' time. And everybody knows that. It's the, the math is there. The facts are there. It's going to happen. Yeah. What's life like for those 800 years? Of course, crucible of time is a lot more than that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, which is this really good book that I read a few years ago and just read Children of Ruin, is the book that you want. And I didn't realize that that was the book you want. Because the people in space is just one person in space and she's asleep most of the time. And then most of the action is the spiders down on the, on the ground developing their society And it's way more alien, so it's not like this cozy book with Bilbo Baggins running around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, quirky inventor guy. Mm. Um, it's actually, it's much more alien. The spiders are, you know, earth spiders, but their society is a lot more alien. But you still get, the, you still, it's filtered enough through our point of view. It's, it's enough filters to us be able to identify with the spiders right. and understand what's going on with them, with their wars and their technologies and their societies and their civilizations and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. There's a, it's close enough, it's well written enough that we can get the human experience even though they're humans. But the person in space is sort of like a side story. Like the, the, the yeah. woman who's overlooking yeah. it all a, is a, a side, side story. Yeah, I want that to be the side and story. And I didn't realize how much of Fire Up on the Deep, the spiders are the side story to what's going on in space. And I don't remember it that way. Like when I read this in 2000, I thought, oh, it's mostly spiders. Oh, a deepness in the sky. Oh, sorry, a deepness in the sky. <laughs> yes, so did I say Fire Up on the Deep? Yeah. yeah. So a deepness in the sky. Yeah. I didn't, I'd forgotten how much of that was about the was the humans, and I thought it was mostly spiders, and the humans were a sideshow. Yeah. And it, but that's just my memory of reading this book 19 years ago. Yeah. And actually what it is, it's mostly the humans in space yeah. and their political squabbles. Yes. And the spiders are a sideshow. And I was like, oh, I don't remember. In the same way that you, I said to you, oh, remember Fire Upon the Deep? There's these mines in space and there's these, you know, great things and there's all this crazy stuff going on in space. And also there's stuff going on with the fantasy world planet, the yeah. alien stuff. And you're like, oh, I don't, I only remember the dogs and yeah. I don't even remember what it's about. And I was like... Well, there's a lot of space stuff going on there. Yeah, but but in my mind, you just remember the was, aliens. Yeah, that because that was the story and the the there was the action and there was the the stuff. And I'd forgotten how much of this book is the humans in space being like not very nice people. Oh, they're and dreadful. If you just want the spiders, re and this is I think what Children of Time got right, or Adrian Tchaikovsky got right with Children of Time and Children of Ruin is sort of like, oh yeah, humans, mm, humans, humans, whatever. Don't really care about them. Let's do the fun. Let's do the fun aliens. Let's yeah. do the weird like society moving on and developing over time yeah. and seeing how like societies with eight legs, uh, with, with beings with eight legs, spiders and octopus, how do they develop differently than humans. 
Yeah. Like if you've got your if you've got eight brains, you've got your your main brain and then a brain in each one of your limbs. <laughs> how is that going to be di- like? How is your how is how is the way that you communicate and work as a society going to be different than humans yeah. with two legs? And I'm like, ah, we got a bit of that in Deepness in the Sky, but it was like they they it kind of strips away all of the eight leggedness of the spiders and gives everyone two legs, mm. and it and it scrapes away like the the spider facial expressions and it gives everyone human facial expressions, yeah. like because it's filtered through other forms of storytelling. Yeah, because it's filtered through other humans. Yes, so it's filtered, it's, it's filtered twice because it's filtered through an author. Yes. And no, but I think that's really clever. What I, he's doing is amazingly it, it clever literary-wise. It might be clever. But it's unsatisfying if you want to read the story about exactly. spiders. Exactly. Yeah. Because it then it's evolved so much back round about humans. Yeah. That's not what I want to read. You don't want to read about the humans. No. Anyway, let's go through. So that's what I'm saying is that I, I was I was gravely mistaken recommending this book to you, and also annoyed that I read it myself because my memories of this book were much better than but my it... actual book. Like, and that's the thing. That's that's what you do with like, oh, Lethal Weapon. That's really good, isn't it? Yeah, great. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, this is really mm, sexist yeah. and racist. But and... In, you watched it when you were 15 or yeah, 14, and you yeah. didn't even realize. I, I read this book when I was 20 or 19 or 20 yeah. and things like that. And I, I'm not saying there's, it, you know, this book is despicable in any way, but like the it's, things, the things oh. that you I expect now from science fiction aren't the things that I expected from science fiction 19 years ago. No, the book not. which is perfect for Luke when he's 20 years old yeah. in the year 2000 with year 2000 stuff. It's like when I watched when I watched uh, we watched Aladdin, the Disney movie, the the animation of, was it last year or a year before or something, and I watched it. and I was like, hmm, a lot more racist than I remember, and not Did you know. We? Oh, maybe, I, no, no, I maybe watched it on a flight. Yeah, but yeah, yeah a lot of these Disney the yeah. things that people say, ah, oh, why do they remake the Aladdin? And I watched the Aladdin remake. Did you watch it as well? No, you haven't no. seen it yet. No. But the thing is, I watched it, and it's a really good modern movie. You know, it, it, some of the charm is missing, and some of, you know, some of what was in the animation. Yeah. But it's a way better movie for children in 2019 and adults in 2019 yeah. than the, the movie from 1991 was, or whenever, whenever the, uh, anim- the animation, the Disney animation mm. Aladdin comes, yeah. came out. Uh, Beauty and, and the Beast, I think, falls and down in every same, way. It's a similar thing that now Disney put all the movies on the Disney Plus channel thing yeah. and write a disclaimer to yeah. all the movies. They're I like, think. Sorry, this is a bit racist. And I think that's totally fine. I mean, they're not deleting scenes or not yeah. uh, doing anything to the original thing, but they're saying, look, in that time, that was how people communicated and how they thought yeah. and what they were thinking was appropriate. And now we don't think that anymore. Yeah. But I think putting things in context is really important. Yeah, but now that's what I'm saying. We were looking through Netflix and we ended yeah. up watching X Men. But another thing, I was like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Have you never seen that? And you're like, No, I've never seen that. And of course, well, of course you've never seen that. Like, why would you, why would you have ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? But of course I have. So because I'm a Gen Xer and that's like the perfect Gen X <laughs> movie, ah. it might as well just be called Generation X the movie. Oh, um, do I have to watch it to understand the Generation X? No, I'm saying that, like, of the movie, like, what's it? But here's the thing, all these Disney movies, there's so much in their time. That yeah. Now the, 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 the modern Aladdin has come out, and yeah. I'm like, oh, there's sort of like, yeah, like, the, the princess gets a song, you know? <laughs> and it's like, there's lots of other stuff in there. We're just like, oh, this is, like, a lot of it, there's, there's some things which are better in the original like animation version but there's a lot more which is better in this for us of this time yeah and so that's the thing i kind of don't want to go back and watch ferris bueller's day off because i've not seen it in 20 years and i'm like is that gonna be 
I like, just watch it by myself until you. No, no, because I'd like to watch it again. Because, and, and you know, because there, again, there's so many references in that, or maybe maybe not references that you get. Like, but it's not going to be like jumping the shark where it's that it's still going to be referenced and things. But like, how much? Of, I don't know. There's again, it's just one of the things. Should you go back and try and recapture stuff from like nostalgia from your past? And yeah, like, it's the same. Do you uh, remember when we watched the movie with the with the 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 witches of Harlem or what, what, what was it called? The, the, I don't know. You watched it, and it was something from. And and I I remember enjoying it a lot. No, but that, again, it's not just kids movies. Like, because I think kids movies, because you, you, when you're watching with a kid brain, you're yeah. forgiving a lot of bad acting and well, stories. You don't even and notice. You don't that. even notice it. But stuff that, like I say, Fire Upon the Deep is no, sorry, Deepness in the Sky is one of those books that I read as an adult. Like it came out like. This century, like I read it this century, so I'm sure. thinking, ah, oh, this century, yeah, but 19 years ago is a long a lot. time ago. It's a lot. It's a lot, and and people, you would say. But there's books from the 90s which I do think hold up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's you know like the Ian M. Bank stuff, like you know Player of Games. I guess it came out about the same time. Like there's nothing in the, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel dated like the, and this no. feels dated. That it's stuff about Cold War. It's all Cold War stuff and there's yeah. nuclear weapons and all that kind of stuff. It just feels wow, like. Like it, it feels like from a different world, like that pre nine eleven. Like th that's what the weird thing is about the nineties, because mm. the big news stories of the nineties were either good news or kind of neutral news. Mm. And I'm, I don't want to say that like Princess Diana dying is neutral news, but it wasn't. That's it, my, it's my not first biggest news event I remember. But also, weirdly enough, it, but also it's like the stuff that happened at the start. Yeah. It's also not. Uh, it's not the fall of the Berlin Wall. It's not Tiananmen Square. It's not like the end of apartheid in in. Uh, in South Africa, in South Africa. and yeah. that's why that time was known as sort of like people say, "Oh, it's the end of history." Like all the stuff's happened now, yes. And this late '90s period is sort of like, "Oh, what are we going to do?" Like the biggest news story is like some princess dying, and you're just like, "Oh, that's that's what that's the big news event from the '90s that people remember." Mm -hmm. Like, and then 9/11 happened. You're like, "Oh no, we're we're back. Like we're back to this kind of stuff." And this book feels like that. It's like it's clamoring for something interesting in the world to write about. And yeah. all it can do is find stuff from the 1980s. Yeah. And all it can do is find stuff from the 1950s and 60s. Like these, like say these, like these war movie caper spy yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like I say, there, there is the interesting stuff about you know like the civil rights movement stuff that goes on as the spiders go through their civil rights movement period. Yeah. Um, But it's all through the lens of yeah human humanity. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's clever. The, it's yeah. good. It's a good story. Yeah, but it it, it takes too long. It, right, yes, let's go to, exactly let's go to, that. How long is this? This is a chunky, chunky, chunky. Eight hundred pages. Let's. I'm gonna open up my notes. Um, and on this is eight hundred pages for you. It might be the the. Uh, The last page for me is 1,009 well, pages. A, yeah, an ebook version. Yeah, but like on a chunky... On my iPad, yeah, on like, my it's iPad a, mini. It's a, okay, yeah. tell me some of the things that you didn't like about it. Go. Um, well, most of all, the characters in space, Yeah. I dislike them all. I don't think there's one single... Yeah. Character and even the one person that I would like to know more about, yeah. she's just being talked about. About. Yes. So I don't get as much as I would like to spend time with her. Yes. I don't get that. So I get the time. I get time to spend with human in space who are who are cruel and despicable and terrible. Yes. And with the few humans that I think I would actually like, I don't get to spend the time with them. I made a note. Here, which is uh, 
<laughs> I can't find it. Oh, here it is. I just want a story where the hero isn't the guy who punches the rape victim. Like, yeah. I made that note. And as I made that note, I was like, wow, there is something weird about a book where I say, I don't want the hero to be the person who punches the rape victim. And that kind of, I don't know, en encapsulates my issues with the book. Like, my issue with the book. Of yeah. course it's a flawed character. Of course it's someone who's under a lot of stress. Of course it's someone who's being manipulated but doesn't realise that they're being manipulated yeah. and regrets his actions. So there is personal growth through that. But you spend a lot of time with the person who punches the rape victim. And you spend a lot of time with the person who, like, thinks that, oh, maybe slavery is going to be a good idea. Maybe slavery is the answer. And, of course, these characters grow out of that and they develop as characters. But you're like, well, you're spending a lot of time I with the people saying, who... are halfway through, there's not got a lot that. of development. You haven't got to those no. developments yet. And you're like, So you're wow. driving through this period and where you think, like, why do I need to spend my time with these people? Yes. And, uh, and then... I mean, it is nice, uh, well, I can't even say that. It is maybe uh, showing context that, oh, it's not only women that get uh, uh, deducted and raped. It is also boys, yeah. like, with, with, yeah. with one of the characters where you think, like, okay, well, yeah, I guess sort of like happens to it's all like of them. It's kind of like token equality in yeah. a way, like that. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's tokenism on top of tokenism. Yeah. I know, yeah. So there is issues, but I think that's because it's dated. I don't think you would get away, and that's the thing, like, if you want to read an enjoyable book where the main character isn't the person who punches the rape victim, you'd probably get away with that reading a more modern book, yeah. like maybe by a woman or someone who's um, transgendered or someone who is, like, I don't know, who's not just another white male yeah. writing in the 1990s. Yeah. I think white males writing in the 1990s, you're not going to get, like... Like, even if there's going to be a story about somebody who is the person who punches the rape victim, I think there's, like, a... Uh, th there would just be sort of, like, a, 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 a more gentle hand with it. If you know what I mean? No, I really want to look how Werner Vinge looks like. Werner Vinge? Well, I, I look, just look over here. I'm sure he's right here on his, uh, on his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Here's an image. Here's an image. Look at this guy. Here we go. This is a picture of him in 2006. Yeah. yeah. Same I have here. Yeah. Well, what? No, it's fine. It's fine. Some there's there are just some old white guys who write great books, which you don't feel that thing about. They're I out know. There. I you know. know what I mean, I know. And even and even some old white guys who do write books where you're like, hmm, this is a bit sexist. At least it's I know. <laughs> at least it's sexism in a way which is I wouldn't say forgivable, but in a way that you're not asked to identify with the person quite as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't like, like. Here's your character that you're going to be with for the entire exactly. book. You're like, oh, really? And, I have and to be with that character. And sometimes you know, with what, what was the um, Morgan? What? Some of the books that we read about these. Um, uh, Oh, the altered carbon, yeah. altered carbon this stuff like of, that. Yeah, you read a book and you spend. And the main character is like this, like yeah, guy. And yeah, like you don't particularly. Yeah. Like, but it's not eight hundred pages. Yes, it's not a twenty-hour yeah. audio book. Also, and and you're not spending that much time exactly, with them. Exactly, and, and then there's enough action that, that actually you read through action. You read through things yes. happening. And here, because the humans are stranded in space, they're not doing anything. There's so nothing long. happening, and you're spending all this time with these terrible people. And over time, there's more terrible stuff happening, which I really 
oh, it, yeah. So this is why it, it, it takes me ages to, to literally grind through. Yeah, and it felt like a grind. But again, I did go on a work trip and this was then the only audio book because I finished my other book. Yeah. So this was the only audio book that I had. I was like, all right, let's so just get through it. So this is the only book I ever yeah. have there to read. Um, I just want to say something about the audio book. It's actually oh, yeah. pretty well read. Like, yeah. it's actually good reading. Who, who, who is the narrator? Oh, let me look on the Audible page here. Um, let's have a look. Uh, narrated by Peter Larkin. Good, good narrator. Pretty good. He does make a few mistakes, though, and I did notice this. I was like, hey, if... No, I... you are on uh, the book that you're currently looking at. There's ah, a fire, fire upon, upon the, the deep. deep. So, this is the, the one... Uh, isn't, isn't it down there? Oh, yeah, I could just click on the... Yeah. People also just, bought this one. Yeah, just, okay, not 21 hours, 28 hours. See, it's see, eight hours longer yeah. than Fire Upon the Deep. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't realise that. It's definitely noticeable. Yeah. And who read this is the same guy? Oh yeah, Peter Larkin again. Yeah. So that's why I thought it was the, oh, that book. Okay. Oh yeah, so it's even longer than I thought it would be. So, okay, Peter Larkin, um, good. Oh, but I made a note. The reason I remember this is because I finished this book like a month ago or whatever. But I thought, let's just get to it. And we can talk about the reasons why yeah, I thought I didn't want to... It might wanna... still take ages for me to finish um, this. Yeah, all. so here we go. It, it says he, there was some diversionary laughter. And I think it was meant to be uh, divert... I can't even say it now. I'm saying the word that he got wrong. Uh, derisory. In other words, derision, like laughter, which was sort of like laughing down at someone. Derision, okay. and I think he says diversionary rather than derisory. <laughs> and what means diversionary? Diversionary, so you laugh to divert attention away, and it wasn't that, it was derisory. Anyway, there was a few words, <laughs> but it wasn't just that word, but that was one word that I read, I was like, is that really the word that's on the page? So if you Google, if you uh, search for it now, if you type in uh, diversionary or derisory... Uh, I you... don't even know how these okay, words... Okay, pass it One second, one second. Let me search for it. And uh, you, you say something else that you didn't like about the book. Um, well, maybe I say something I did like about it. And that was the... That is definitely the... Mm, it's difficult to say because the spider society and what they do is so much looked through humans' eyes that it's difficult to know what actually the spiders are up to and how they actually are and what they're actually doing. Um, it's not in there. Luke can't find it. It was diversionary laughter. So it was. But what is diversionary laughter? That thing is, I don't, I know what de derisory laughter is. I, d I literally don't know what diversionary laughter. So Peter Larkin read the correct he read thing. It, he read it correctly, but I was just like, it doesn't make sense. Maybe has taken no. a... So, the, okay, Peter Larkin, is it better or maybe it's just the, the book? Diversionary laughter. I just don't know what that means. Because I, I thought they were people... laughing at him. So derisory no. laughter. No, I think, I think it's more like yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't they, need to... they are laughing because they want to distract from the... the what he's saying, what, what family's saying. saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe I just read the... It's maybe I like, just took the wrong uh, Okay, and then uh, we okay, talk about I've got something else, else I want to say I didn't like about this. Say it. Um, time. Time. The time in this book. I have no idea. It's measured in seconds. So K, K six or something. No, no, all no. kinds of things. Let me, let me. M six, K six. Whatever. Says here, I have no idea. Over on the Wikipedia page. Let me quickly pop over to the Wikipedia page. No, not that Wikipedia page. The actual Wikipedia page here. So um, it says Joan D. Vinge has indicated that her novel, The Outcasts of Heaven's Belt, or Heaven Belt, which is the first ever review I did on this podcast. Ooh. Episode number one or two? No, two. number two. Yeah. This is also set in the slow zone of the zones of thought setting. Both novels show their spacefaring civilizations using seconds, kiloseconds, megaseconds, and gigaseconds as their primary units of time. Now, 
Well, I remember reading that book and in the back or in the front, it even had sort of like, here's how much a gigakilosecond is. And it had like a scale, like a logarithmic scale of like... In that book. No, not... Oh yeah, in, in Outcast of Heaven's Belt. And maybe in this book, maybe there's a there's a, a, a part of like a glossary somewhere which says, which shows how much a time, how much is a time. Is, is, there, a, is there a glossary which says time? Go all the way to Gateway the bottom. Gateway introduction. Glossary is glossaries at the end, not at the front. Um, epilogue. No, it doesn't have it. Anyway, no. so... In one of these books, it shows how much a kilosecond is compared to a human. So all the way through this book, it's saying, and then a kilosecond later, and then, oh, it'll be in two megaseconds time or in four gigaseconds, or we've got to wait eight kiloseconds for this. And I never, after the first time listening, because I was listening to an audiobook, so I yeah. couldn't pause and go, how long is that? Because then the book keeps going. It yeah. just keeps going on. So every single time I replace that in my head with sometime later. That's it. That's the only thing. So all of the pacing in this book feels really weird because any time, I don't know how much more a kilosecond is than a gigasecond. Of course, it's a thousand times as long, but it doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't mean anything to me. Why are they measuring it in seconds? Because it's science fiction-y. But it just makes everything really... It makes the here's the thing. It makes the humans more alien than the aliens because the aliens do things in in days and hours and months, and they drive at so many miles per hour, and yeah. things are so many things away. Yeah. And then in the, the humans go by seconds and meters, so something will be a kilometer away, like a kilometer, and then a gigameter. You know, they do they do everything in meters and seconds, uh. and which is, again. From a literary point of view, it's great because it's a distancing effect. So it makes the it pushes the humans to a further distance yeah. and brings the spiders closer by the, the spiders using our human Earth times yeah. and the and the and the humans doing something else. So as a literary device, it's amazing. But as a storytelling, like for me to get involved in storytelling, it might as just well say, oh. Isa uh, did this and then he had to wait. Oh, this person's going to be out of cold sleep in some amount of time. And then this it is going to happen some amount of time. And these, I've got to wait this amount of time. But these, these numbers always felt like in, like in my head, for some reason, the, the human bit of the story takes place over 300 years. I don't even know why I feel that. Yes, again, because you don't have the time span. But the spiders are still like kind of continuing like day by day kind of thing yeah. and they're the same people and the same generation no but it's about 30 years but it feels like it's hundreds of yes because, because there's no way to know because they just a gigasecond you're like I don't I literally don't know how long that is yeah the what, is, what is a gigasecond I always have the feeling that they went to cold sleep for 30 years and then wake up again and then do no, something no no they, there's, there's, they need to get through 30 years so some of them live that 30 years in real time they just age 30 years and others but 30 keep going, years is not that much well again all of them have like the like the uh, rejuvenation technology so yeah. they're like 30 years out of a life if you're going to live 300 years 30 years is I'm like, oh, it's 10% of my life. Mm. Just like for us, oh, it's like that, five Maybe that's people live like that long. Yes, because it feels like, you right. know, yeah. waiting 30 years. People are like, oh, we've got to wait 30 years and I'm going to be awake that entire time. But you know what? It's worth it because after that, I'm still going to live another 150 years. Yeah, exactly. And this 30 years is just a down payment on my later success in life. Mm. And 30 years is worth it, mm. which is difficult for us as humans to experience because that's not what our current life experience is. We're much closer to the spiders when there's an old person. Like we don't meet old people on the spaceship, but we do meet old people like who are like two generations older than the characters down on the spiders and we get to know the, you know we know those people like yeah, oh this is the weird uncle more, character this you, is the grandfather character you feel way character. more um, you feel way closer to the spiders mm. than you actually feel to the humans and the experience and of the how humans they experience are time so unhuman yeah 
inhumane actually. Inhumane humans and very yeah. human spiders. Yeah. yeah. Which again, I think is really clever from a writing point of view, but from a pacing point of view, it just feels like there's this massive long slog through the middle of the book. This is why I currently am. Yeah. And it's You just, just gotta push oh. through it. I might as well just say skip to this part, that's where it gets exciting at the end. Yeah, I might I might just do that. And there's this whole big but point they're talking about garden and they set up a garden and this big thing in garden. It doesn't really matter and there's this thing with these things that's only just like I don't want to spend that long talking about zero-gravity gardening. I mean, if it was a book about zero-gravity gardening, I'd be yeah, all into sure. it. Yeah. But you can't just you can't just spend, oh, we're going to have like four chapters of zero-gravity gardening now. I'm just like, oh, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Don't. No. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So everything that, they, that the humans come up with, which actually would be interesting, is because the circumstances and the whole... Yeah, there's interesting science fictional ideas in there. But it, it diminishes... In my... It just gets in the way of the story that you think you wanted. Exactly. And, and I then... thought I was going to give you. I thought I was giving giving. I thought I was giving you a fun spider story and then some stuff in space. Well, yeah, then that's the opposite what I want. There's, yeah. Uh... Well, you need to read Children of Time by yeah. Adrian Tchaikovsky. Okay, it's I a will. better book than this. I will. Well, I wouldn't say it's a better book than this. It's doing something that I want to read in 2019 rather than I wanted to read in 1999. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, this is a book for 39-year-old Luke rather than 19-year-old Luke. Yeah. And this book, I mean, the, the Children of Time, I wouldn't have got as much out of it in, in 1999. Of course, it didn't exist because Adrian Tchaikovsky is, he's, Adrian Tchaikovsky is obviously a Gen X writer. He's yeah. probably, he feels like he's about my age yeah. rather than Verna Vinge, who is sort of like, oh, I'm a baby boomer. Now let's write baby boomer science fiction. Yeah. So it's all like sexist, slightly racist concerned about the civil rights movement how it was in the 1960s yeah. rather than how it's yeah. like in the 19 uh, because, in, because in the all 2000s. these things are always told because nuclear war. writers yeah. are in this point of time and they write about stuff they experienced backwards in time so it's always like we are getting to know what their concerns were previously, previously. previous concerns so um and there was something else i wanted to say uh, which now I... I'm just looking up how old Adrian Tchaikovsky is. Oh, that, he must oh, be in his 30s. Oh, Every so. time you say Adrian... Adrian. It sounds like you say agent. Agent Tchaikovsky. Yes, that's pretty good. Adrian Tchaikovsky. Yeah, look at him. He's totally, he's totally much more of my generation. Yeah. Is there a, an about thing? No, it just says... Maybe under his picture? About, no, artist, or author, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure that on the internet it will say how I old he is. I can type on Wikipedia. Yes. No, you, you have to keep talking while oh, I'm typing I, I'm things in. Oh, I am talking. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm keep talking. Um, um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this book. I didn't finish it, so I won't be able to rate it. But my current, my current feeling towards it isn't very positive. I went into this Agent Tchaikovsky, born 1972. So, like, smack bang in the middle of... Gen X. Yeah. I'm late Gen X. He's totally mid, mid Gen X. Yeah. Um, I, um, I went into this book expecting like a four and a half to five star novel because this is, that was my rating going into this book. Right. Like this that is was a, your memory of it. Well, it's not just my memory of it. Like, look at this. My current rating is five stars on Goodreads because it's a book which was one of my favorite science fiction books because I read it when it first came out and I was ah. waiting for the follow-up of Deepness in the Sky and this book hit me and I was like, this is better than Deepness in the Sky. Oh, fire up on a deep. Oh, this is, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fucking hell, just, okay. Zones of Thought number two came out and I was like, I want, zone, I want a follow-up that's worthy of Zones of Thought because I think Fire Up on the Deep is one of the all-time great science fiction books. Yeah. 
And even when I reread it, I still felt still I still thought up. it still holds up. And yeah. I was like, and then this book comes out, and I was like, and I read it when it came out, like in 1999, 2000. I was like, it. This is the this is the follow-up book that I knew I wanted. It is the great book. This is different enough. This is the aliens to alien. This is the Terminator 2 to Terminator. Mm. Like it it holds up. And then now you go back and watch Terminator 2, you're like, wow, this is bloated. Like the first one, it moved along, it's quick, mm. the action happened, and you rewatch you watch Terminator 2 now and you go, wow, that, that like it's still a good movie, but it's a bit of a slog, mm. you know. You're not gonna I was going to say, you're not going to watch it every day for an entire month, but I know people who did that, and I uh, really? followed along with it. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. 30, oh. 31 days, I think it's uh, 31 days of Terminator, and then they did 31 days of Terminator 2. Wow. And then That's hard. the next year, 30 days of Terminator. I think they stopped at Terminator 3. But yes, they watched the movie every day for an entire month. Oh, I couldn't do that. Hey, they're fun movies. You learn a lot about you learn a lot about movie making when you watch the same movie. I guess, I guess you you notice different things. You notice the more different you things. Uh, anyway, but this is. Um, are you going to change your verdict? Yes, it's not a five star novel. What is it? There's the thing is there's five star material in this novel. Mm. Like there is five star science fictional ideas in this novel, which yes, were expounded there, on for the there, first there time. There is stuff in it. There's there's five star the literary techniques. Itself. There's five star writing there, but there are not five star characters. There are not sty- five star stories. Mm. There are not five star pacing. pacing there's yeah. not five star all the other stuff which I I remember being okay, which I kind of forgave because it was giving me all the five star stuff that I wanted. Yeah. It it, it that on the second read through, the second read through twenty years later doesn't give me those five star vibes anymore. Yes. So it's, I'm really conflicted about this book. So I'm going to give it three stars because there's a lot, there is a lot of five star book star stuff in this, but it's otherwise it's a two star book. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's a conflicted review yeah, it's... and I would recommend it, but only go into it, like go into it with your eyes open, like go into it knowing that if you watch Aladdin, the animated version, it's not going to be as good as you remember it when you were a kid yeah. and it's a little bit more racist than you remember, you know? Yeah. Um, if you go into it like that and just know that it's too long, so put aside some, t- put aside three months yeah. to get this re- read, or four months, or however long it's going to take, Juliana. Yeah. You put put the time aside, and it's going to be good. Or be, or you can get or, or be stuck on a on a cruise ship for five yes, days. Yes, or have an emergency gig and not not download an audiobook in time, <laughs> and this is the only book that you've got left. Mm. Um, yes, unfortunately, let's go over, see what some other people think about it. Yeah. Tom rated it five stars. He read it in 2013. An absolutely stunning book, a masterpiece that deserves a descriptor epic more than almost any other... It is epic, I can tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Roman rated it uh, four stars. Uh, I enjoy this book immensely, but... Let's start with the prose. Oh, he says, while the aliens are physically very alien, the psycho- psychologically they are very human. And the thing is, I, I, I don't think that's a con. I think that's very intentional. And as you read through the book, that becomes... Uh, the thing yeah Mm. Um, Yeah, Ryan rated it four stars four four and five stars so far oh three stars Ryan Fisher (laughs) this novel may look like a spelt 800 page novelette but there's about 10,000 pages of story in those 800 pages and a lot of it frankly ain't that interesting yeah so I think that's it you know yeah Um, so we're not the only people with this kind of verdict uh the whole thing takes place over several decades. I mean, megaseconds. Don't even get me started on the metric time scale. And we'll check in on a character after five years and find that nothing has changed because they're all so damn boring. This, of course, only increases the distance I felt from them. But again, I do think some of that distance from the characters is intentional. Like, I think some of that distancing about how they experience time is intentional from the author. 
because he does the opposite with the aliens, with the spiders. Yeah. So again, it's a it's a a five star storytelling, like a five the star technique, li- is, technique yeah, yeah. which results in a two star uh, storytelling experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. intellectually, I'm in I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. Uh, I tried. I really. Paul rated it three stars, but this book is so long. I made it through chapter thirty-one. The story is interesting, but it's not a nail-biting page-turner. Hopefully, I'll come back and finish it another day. Uh, yeah, so lots of five stars, but I've not even made it there. I made it to chapter twenty-seven so of far. How many percentage? We only have fifty. Fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. With ebooks, we don't care about pages. We only care about percentages. No, I said chapter. Yeah. No. Because the chapters are the same, right? The chapters will be the chapters. Yes, but we don't know how many. Like, if it's a fifty, if it's a fifty-chapter book, and you have chapter forty-nine. But he said he's at chapter thirty, and I'm at chapter. Yes, but chapter... I don't know how many chapters are in the book. It doesn't tell me how far he got through the book. He said he got up to a chapter. He got a bit further than I. Um, so, okay. Like maybe fifty-five percent. I'm just saying percentages of books is all I ever care about. Right. Or it doesn't matter. Or you say I'm Any... at page eight hundred of a thousand. Is there any like two or one stars? No, it's it's mostly three star books, and I think um, it is a three star book. And that's the issue. Four or five, four or five. Loads and loads of five star ratings. I mean, this is this is again, it's a, it's a Hugo winning, it's a Hugo award winning book. Like yeah. it wasn't a small book when it it didn't sneak in as a great book, mm. and it hasn't been forgotten. It's still held up as one of the great books, and I don't think it is. Mm. And. And that's that's why I was saying before about like read Fire Upon the Deep, then read Deepness in the Sky, skip Children of Time, and then read these other ones. And now I'm thinking, no, don't read Fire Upon the Deep, skip Deepness in the Sky, skip Children of Time, and go straight on to um, Children of Time, and then Children of Ruin. So I think what you should do is not read this book anymore. Okay. You have enough of what you need from this book. You understand what's going on in this book. Yeah. Really, yeah. stop reading it. It's okay. not worth it. Good. Really, it's not. <laughs> if you're wondering what happens to anything, I'll just fill you in on a few okay. of the characters at the end. Sounds good. Read Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. And it, that book is everything that you wanted from this book. Okay. And it's everything I thought this book was and wasn't. <laughs> cool. I'm going and to do that. And it was written three years ago rather than 20 years ago. Yes. That will make a difference. All right. Thank you a lot for listening. If you're interested to, to reply to this, I, I do enjoy the feedback that we get on my, on my reviews. People do re- post on, yeah, on my Goodreads reviews and comment on them. I do enjoy that. Too. So become my friend and follow along with my reading on Goodreads. Also, um, check out, um, check out uh, the SFBRP listener group. A few people put some stuff in there as well. Comment on there. If you want me to read a book, do recommend it on the SFBRP listener group. There's a thread called Books I Would Like to See Reviewed. If you put your book in there and other people say, yes, this book, uh, and you sell it to me well, um, I, will, I will get around to reading it. And I'm currently reading a book, which I think was recommended there, called uh, a, mem- uh, a Memory Called Empire. Okay. By Arkady something. I will now look at it, and I'm very much enjoying it. However, it is a book which sends me to sleep almost immediately every, every time, time I because I, I'm mostly listening to it when I'm wanting to when I'm going to bed and getting some sleep. Yeah. Because it's a book which I really got to concentrate on. So it's uh, Arkady Martin, Martina, Arkady Martin, a memory called Empire. And I'm very much enjoying it. I'm halfway through and I will finish it and probably tomorrow because I've got seven, oh, okay. uh, seven hours worth of flights right. and exactly. many and you're hours going on a trip. So this is exactly. So you not only have sitting. time to listen to it while you, when, when you go to bed falling asleep, mm-hmm. but you actually have time to just 
sit and just listen to something. Yes, I. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because I'm, I'm on, on a, a plane. I'm on a plane. I'm going to sit and listen to it. I'm not tired enough to fall asleep. But it's all like courtly drama, kind of science fiction courtly drama. Um, someone's an ambassador in this place that she doesn't really understand, and lots of things are happening, and she doesn't want to make social faux pas, and she doesn't want to say the wrong thing, but also she wants to establish herself right. as some. And it's Ooh. you know it's lots of different layers like that, and someone's died, and I'm not quite sure if they died accidentally or they've been killed. I mean, this is all in the first, and not giving anything away. Okay. But I'm very much enjoying it. I'll probably finish it over the next few days and review it and upload it next week nice. when I'm no longer sailing across the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burge. You can follow Juliana on Twitter. She never posts anything, but we're, oh. on, we're well, on Instagram as well. You can just uh, sometimes you can follow the, along with juggling Twitter videos. Twitter is and so terrible. Gardening videos. I'm, I'm sometimes want to write things, but then I'm thinking, oh, uh, do I have a quote? Can I quote this? Can I? Can I? Do I have sources? Um, am I, have, I making mistakes? Spelling mistakes? How am I going to write it uh, in in an intelligent way so people don't think, oh, what, what's this this stupid person? I'm so glad that podcasts exist. I'm not. I'm not tweeting because I'm literally scared. Yeah, you know, I've I've heard other podcasts talk about this as well. Podcasters talk about this, mm. uh, where they say what's great about podcasts is that when someone listens to you say something controversial, they have the five minutes of audio leading up to it, and then when yeah. you say it, they're not reading it out of context. Someone can see your tweet, and they just only see that tweet because it's been reshared or something up. like that. And then this and it blows is the up tweet. Like, oh no, this this is part of my, the context of this tweet is my friends. Following yeah. along with my life. Yeah. And so all this stuff that I think in the previous podcast I was talking about our views on marriage, on our views on having kids and all these other kind of stuff. I was like, oh, I'd love to tweet about this. I'm never going to say any of that. No. Because people don't get, experience like, that. We get mentions and at be people at you and whatever. And my critiques and then, of movies and books and podcasts, it's like, oh, no, that you that b- belongs on a podcast where someone like I can like. You can elaborate. Yeah, I can your, elaborate it all. And your opinion of, as well. And the, and the really strong opinion about something isn't taken out of context like this book I could say this book like the thing I want a book where the main hero isn't the person who punches the rape victim but I that's within the context of saying I think this is like an amazing literary achievement yeah. and it, it like at the time was the book which should have won the Hugo Award. you know yeah. like but I you could, can't put this all in one tweet yeah that doesn't fit in one tweet it's sort mm. of like see see 18 minutes of previous discussion before I get to the negative part like mm. nobody gets that but with a podcast nobody just skips to the point yeah and also with my listenership, the people who listen to the podcast of the however many hundreds of people who listen to the podcast regularly, I don't know the current numbers, but I'm guessing hundreds of people listen to this. They have also had all the other times that I did it. Someone actually just said, a, uh, said, hey, what you should do is a review of uh, any novel to do with time travel, but don't mention Groundhog Day. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Possible. Because if that's the first time travel story that anybody's ever heard me during reviewing, you've got to come along with that and, and I'm, and and I'm going to set oh, it up. Why is he not mentioning that? I, I can't just... And I often will say something, I say, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast and I always throw that in to say, like, like this might be not a fully thawed thought from my brain to your brain with the words that I'm saying yeah. now. Go back to that other but one where I did... <laughs> but it is an established... So it's a really tricky thing that I'm trying to do this brain transfer of ideas. Yeah. But I don't want to have to go, ah, right, what you need to do is watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie, read that novel, read that novel, and that novel, and read my novel, and read the follow-up to my novel. All right, we've got those eight kind of things. And, and, and now, then you understand And now I'm, I'm going to say a sentence, and the sentence I'm going to say relies on you having seen three movies and read four novels. Yeah. I, I can't do that, but I kind of have to establish 
establishing this thing that these thoughts are rigorously thought through. Like yes. these these things that I'm saying are rigorously thought through. And it's not me saying like I didn't come up with the idea that in the 1990s there was this sense of the end of history. Like all the all the big stuff has happened now, yeah. and all we've got to worry about is like soap opera royal family drama. Yeah. Like that's not my thought, but. That thought exists, and when I say this book is situated directly in that, like、yeah. I've got to kind of expound a bit on that kind of stuff, even though I've probably talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, you know, and I can talk about how this is m- might as well be called Baby Boomer the book,、um, and、uh, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off might as well be called. I mean, I'm not sure. Again, it, I, I'll have to、It's, watch it again yeah, to see if it is actually... called Gen X the movie because、yeah. it it feels like it could、Does、be.、Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like that that nineteen nineties music like grunge music. There's a reason why that's like you know Nirvana is so Gen X. You know that、uh, that you looking at me now with a blank face, you <laughs> you millennial over there <laughs> just look at me going what? And all the、uh, Generation Y. No, I don't. I don't think anybody listens to this podcast who is like Generation Y, who is like five ten years younger than. Like I don't think anybody listens to this podcast. Who is under thirty? That's that's what I'm saying. Really? Yeah, no, I, I reckon. Like, I、are. reckon the youngest person who listens to the science fiction book review podcast is probably around about twenty-eight. All right. Because that was the age that I was when I started listening to it, and I don't think there's any connection. Because the when I the age I was when I not listened to it, the age I was, I was twenty-eight years old when I started this podcast. Yeah. Oh no, twenty-seven. Because I started、exactly. it at the beginning of two thousand eight. So、uh, we want the feedback of the listeners. No, I don't think you are. Don't even bother sending me the email. I don't think you exist. If you exist, if you're under twenty-seven and you've listened to an hour and seven minutes of、um, a Gen X guy and his millennial girlfriend talking <laughs> about baby boomers and Gen X and you know、uh, how this book is reflected of World War Two m- caper movies,、um, spy, whatever. You know, Cold War spy stuff, nineteen、yeah. sixties civil rights stuff. And then, sort of like you know,、uh, yeah, like Cold War、um, fear of nuclear holocaust. You've got there's nothing in the book that relates to you, and also there's nothing in this podcast review which you can relate to to even do this. But, but maybe somebody's interested in how. Yeah, but they're reading. They're reading. They grew up reading.、Um, I was going to say Harry Potter, but that's even that's even that's that's the generation like any like I I watched the Pokemon movie and I like this. There's nothing in this movie which yes, is for me. Yes, but you also went back and read books from before your times. So why would generations now not do the same?、Um, true, that is true. So I think it's totally possible. But I think here's the thing. One hour, ten minutes into the podcast, like I'm trying to, I want to now expound on upon a new thought that I've never talked about on a podcast before. But,、oh. I think there is this generation gap in science fiction and current science fiction where it's difficult to go back across that line. Like, yeah, but you, this is how I started. I mean, I started at some point, yes, right, and then you you get to hear about all the oh, there's these great,、um, yeah, the, this golden the age of science fiction, silver age of science fiction, yeah. So, but you are then become you the. You do become interested in finding out why is that? Why is everybody talking about these certain books? So then you go back and read about. Then no, you read them. I think because that, you want to have your own. But there's a way to enjoy some of these these books from the 1940s and 50s and 60s and 70s and stuff, where you have to be young enough to get into them. To and also you have to be young enough at a time when they're kind of socially acceptable reading material. And I think as 
as your age drops down, like you say, when you watch children's movies and things like that, it's okay to watch a children's movie and don't recognize that the acting is bad, but it's really difficult to watch a children's movie where like, it's like super racist and sexist. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even give them to your children. Like mm. you wouldn't want the children, like there would be disclaimers on the front saying, no, this is like super racist, you know, on the Disney plus kind of thing. It's really, but there's, but there's a level where I think it cuts off that the, the, the fiction is both no longer relevant and out of touch. Yeah, but I think if you're a certain age, you have established yourself, your, your political view and your morals. Yes, but you're not, and then, you're and not then you can the go back. No, but you don't get the 12, you're, that is after you're 12 years old. And the point is, you're only going to read these books like from... Uh, I can't even think of the name of some of these people, but I read a load of these big series of books, which were, and you like, I would not give them to a child. They wouldn't. They're probably I'm not, not even the like children. No, but what I'm saying is, you have to have this connection to these 1960s books that has to happen to you when you're 12 years old. Otherwise, right. you don't have that thing. You right. don't have that connection. Yes, but but young people do go back, and like I did read uh, Ringworld. Yes. I did go back and read a, read a book from the 60s. How old were you when you read Ringworld? Well, like 29, 30. Yes, and I was 13. That's my point, is that when I'm 13, it's okay. There's, like I say, there's this boundary of generational boundary where now you wouldn't, get your, you wouldn't give that book to your child to read. You wouldn't show them a movie which portrays, like, like again, people saying this now, but like, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't let a, a child watch it would be really weird for a child to watch like loads of movies from the 1980s yeah, because yeah, it's, they're but full of tits this, and rape jokes. And I'm just but, like, this was a children's movie and there's rape jokes but, in it. But, like, where is this coming from? But now I don't understand what we're, what we're actually talking about. I thought we were talking about how uh, a person un, in under 26 could listen to this podcast. Well, again, I moved on from that. That's what I say. Oh. Uh, and now in 10 minutes, I'm making a new point. Right. And I think my new point, my point is that I think there is going to be a cutoff point where... We like like you would read like in the in the 1990s. You would read Tarzan and go, "Wow, this is like literally." There's lynching scenes in this. This is like super racist. Yeah, you know. And there are just sort of like, "Hey, let's lin literally we'll have a lynching scene where Tarzan kills the black people or whatever happens there." You know. And that scene's in the book. Mm. And it's really difficult to read that, even, even as like someone in the 1990s or like if you were a kid. But now you just, you wouldn't even read that. You'd watch the Disney movie version. Mm. Like you don't, you're not going back. It's like, uh, it's like the original grim fairy tales. Like you go, oh, Cinderella, blah, oh, maybe, maybe what is it? The um, uh, Little Mermaid or something like that. At the end, she dies. And you're like, no, she doesn't die. She goes back to the ocean and everyone... It's like, no, the original story, she dies. And you're like, oh. And you see, you, you know what I'm saying? There's this cutoff point yeah. that the Disney movies are just about at the level which makes these stories acceptable. So but people, you can't go back to the source. So you're saying that people rather read Children of Time, Adrian Tchaikovsky, yeah. than they would then go back to read this book, even though it was... I'm saying the kids these days can go back and read Harry Potter and it's fine. Mm. But if they go back and read Wizard of Earthsea, they're like, what's going on here? I mean, it's a nice book, but like it's a wizard, wizard story, like wizard school yeah. story. So it's, it's but it's so, so brief detached. and it's, it's so detached from it. You're like, oh, why would you ever go back and read Wizard of Earthsea? And now we're all like, oh, Ursula K. Le Guin is amazing. It's a classic book. And you give it to a kid. Again, I don't know if this is, but I think there's probably a boundary that gets crossed. Yeah. And it, it feels a bit like this is actually almost an it feels then that even though it's human, it's a human book yeah. of human society, maybe even alien society, yeah. but just 
that it is so far away from their mindset and so far away from their idea of anything. Who, what, deepness in the sky? Like, people who read these books who are, like, younger now, this is so detached that it feels even more more alien to them that aliens feel, you know... What I'm trying to say uh, is that I was exposed to these 1960s authors. Yeah. I'm just going to put Werner Vinge in there because he's like a 60-year-old guy writing about this, or whatever he is, like, you know. Yeah. Like, he is totally in that baby boomer, writing for baby boomer kind of situation. And But I was exposed to that at the time when that was acceptable and all fine and you read Ring World and just go, oh, yeah, this is a story about a guy. And you realize, actually, no, it's the, the woman's story, but she's written out yeah. of the story. But also all, in that time, you, know, you are influenced by your parents. Yes, total, who, totally like, baby boomer generation. parents. Exactly. Or yeah. everything so, I was reading because yeah. my generation yeah. hadn't started writing their own science fiction. Things, yeah. And yeah. I w- got into that and I read all the Heinlein, which is now you read it and you're like, this is weird. This is creepy. This is disgusting. Like a lot of this is like not cool, like yeah. really not cool. But me as a 13 year old reading, I'm like, yay, whatever. And yeah. then a few years later, I'm like, why does everyone marry their cousins? Like, you know, why is everyone yeah. having sex with people that they call mother? Like, this is, like, there's lots yeah. of weird stuff in, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, like, I was within that age range where that was still acceptable. And I yeah. think kids nowadays, if you're 13 years old, you're not going to give someone a Heinlein book and just go, oh, read this. Like, it's lots of people having sex with each other and, you know, you know, in the end, you know, I don't even want to go into it because it's sort of like, it's just so weird that like one of my favorite books is have space have spacesuit will travel and at the end of it they're like oh tell you what there's this 12 year old girl and you're 18 years old i think she should be groomed like she's 12 years old and you're 18 but you're going to get together and marry each other and have kids now and that's going to be great because we're going to like eugenically do these things with our kids and like she's 12 and you're just reading you're just going hmm this wouldn't pass muster. Like, like it's a great book, but I, I kind of just for that ending, you'd just be like, I wouldn't give it to my 12-year-old daughter. Mm. Like, that is we- that's weird, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm saying my generation, or like the generation who are having 12-year-old kids yeah. now, are kind of that filter to say, actually, that stuff from the 1960s is, like, it's not suitable. Yeah. Harry Potter is fine because yeah. it was from the 1990s. It yeah. was from our childhood. Well, not my childhood. I kind of missed Pokemon and Harry Potter. I was yeah. just, I was already an old teenager yes, you were before too those. Old for that. Yeah. yeah, but you were like right in there at that, yeah. that level. Yeah, so. I could literally read along with the books. Yeah. Being so I'm published. just saying, I feel that there's, there's now also in my life, there's like this cutoff point where I'm like, I can't go back and read these 1960s books. Or if I do, it has to be of like historical interest. Like, yeah, oh, let's go back into this. Heavily in, within context. But I'm realizing that cutoff line is like 1999. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like books that I've read as an adult is now past that cutoff point. Yeah. Where like, I don't want to be the main character to be the lovable person who punches the rape victim. I'm just not there anymore in my yeah, life. It, and it is cruel to me. Like it, it, it feels like torture to me personally yes. like as a person yes i find it offensive on behalf I, of people exactly who so, are being punched who are rape victims and, and, being punched and there are people in this book yeah i find likable and i want to spend my time with them and yeah they get tortured so i feel tortured well that's the whole thing about <laughs> Ringworld. it's a story of a woman who has got luck as a thing and it, every, everything about it is her story like her story she's the one who changes she's the one who finds what she wants all the way through yeah like it's her story and it's told from the point of view of the of the of the, of the, the baby boomer guy yeah and 
And I'm just like, no, that's not... That's not the story I want to read. And current science fiction that's written from the point of view of women, by women, yeah. from the point of view of black people or, you know, all these minorities, everything that yeah. you want. I want to read books by transgender people about transgender people. I want to yeah. read books about people who want to be robots, about people becoming robots. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't even know what minority view that I want to read about anymore. Yeah. But it's certainly not baby boomer white guys and I know that's such a uh, like November 2019 thing to say okay boomers but that's what this book what is that this book is an expression of that I'm like oh I don't need all of this stuff no you want uh, I want spy. I want the actual the spiders. Spy- oh, octopuses. <laughs> I, want, I want the spiders from the point of view of the octopuses. Yes. Even though in that it doesn't. It's actually more from the point of view. Well, I don't want to go into it. But yeah. there's other there's other layers going on there which yeah, make I it. So I say, don't read the end of this book. Good. I'm gonna. Sorry for going on for another ten minutes of that, but I'm saying that cutoff point. I no, think, I think it's, it's happening a, now. I think it's an important point to make. And With I all think... Black Lives Matter, Black Matter, Me Too, and all these other social things that are happening, yeah. it's like just not acceptable to give your kids Heinlein books anymore. Even if I think ten years ago it was. You know, yeah. they're just historical artifacts now. There's nothing golden about them. They're kind of like shit-covered age, yeah. which is weird to say that. Anyway, maybe I've been reading science fiction too long. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm getting old and jaded. Yeah, you should start reading some, to... some other genre. Anyway, diversion over an hour cool. and 20 minutes about... But, I, but again, this is a big book, and I think it's worth talking about these books in this detail. Yeah. It's, it's a 28-hour audiobook. Yeah. I'm, I'm hungry now. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's go get lunch. Let me press okay. stop here. So three, 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 three stars. Three stars because five star material. I can't do that on your Apple Watch. Sorry, shut up, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of five star stuff in this book, but yeah. it's knocked down so many pegs. Yeah. By the it being long, it being tedious, and the characters and the story not being good enough. Anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Yes. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP. Support the podcast by getting a free audiobook. And I suggest Children Enough of Time, time. <laughs> by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Or, to be honest, if, if, if you're liking Werner Vinge, just read um, Fire Upon the Deep. It's a really good book. Yeah, uh, not this one. No. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Oh, someone's at the door.